Hello and namaste, everyone. Welcome to the Excellent Science Writing Podcast. Uh, it's your regular host, Sogad Bolake, connecting all the way from South Asia, Nepal. Uh, it's a place where we discuss about the best forms of science writings and about science writers themselves. Basically, we try to tell the stories of the storytellers. And today I've been joined by yet another guest and uh, she is special in a way that she is <laughs> the first lady guest in the show. Her name is Rena uh, Kinjari. Uh, Rena basically uh, is a student of the master's program at uh, John Hopkins University. She is studying science writing there. Uh, she lives in Northwest Washington state and she has actually contributed uh, in uh, lots of uh, different places, especially uh, her latest piece uh, was on Discover Magazine. And she also writes at Ocean Bites. It's a marine science blog run by the University of Rhode Island and uh, a regional magazine called Bellingham Alive. And she loves to write about marine science and she is finishing uh, on a story about Kelv's potential to restore carbon and offset carbon emission. So without further ado, uh, please let me welcome uh, Miss Rena Kenjuri on the show. So namaste, Rena. Namaste, thanks for having me. Okay, you understand namaste, right? <laughs> right. I actually uh, traveled in India for three months, so um, and I went up to the north a little bit. So yeah, I am. I'm familiar with that term. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it, was, when, it was wonderful. Okay, when did you actually travel to India? By the way, um, that was in 2016, 2017, like in the winter. Mm, and uh, you travel here for a specific purpose or for just having fun or? for the travel? Well, I had a few months off from my job. Uh, I worked seasonally for a while and I wanted to go someplace that was unlike any place I'd ever been. And mm. India felt like the the right uh, place to go. So I, I went there and traveled and met people and saw some beautiful places. And um, yeah, it was it was wonderful. Well, well, so I think, yeah, it's actually so quite uh, eye-opening sometimes. I, I find traveling to be quite eye-opening because, uh, you know, we get to new places. We kind of discover new faces, new stories, and uh, it's simply out of the box. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you outside uh -huh. your comfort zone and you learn new things about yourself and about the world. So, yeah, I think it's great to travel. Yeah. So, uh, so it's also my first time uh, talking with Rina. So uh, Rina, Rina and I were actually part of a uh, writing mentorship program. I think uh, she has also enrolled in NSW's David Perlman virtual mentorship program, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And uh, in fact, she is one of the uh, winner of the program, I guess, right? <laughs> Yeah, the Student Writing Awards, I guess. They had a bunch uh -huh. of awards, and that was one of them. Uh -huh. And uh, I also checked her piece, and uh, we will be discussing about the piece in detail later on the show. But uh, basically, I know her from that program, and uh, I get to know um, some of the other students writing as well. And uh, Rena's uh, writing uh, stand out as well, and for me as well, because uh, it kind of dives deep about uh, some weird mysteries that is 
lurking beneath the ocean and it's beautiful and i will we will try to discuss a lot about uh, this piece later on so uh, um, rena i just wanted to know about uh, your journey so far especially in um, this field why you chose first of all why you chose science and uh, uh, why you chose to go uh, in this field of science communication yeah well when i was growing up i loved science and i loved I loved going out and exploring, you know, the backyard and playing with the bugs and watching the spiders and looking inside of a tulip and just seeing how beautiful and complex it was. It's just so um, interesting to me. And I loved reading about science in magazines like Scientific American, National Geographic. And I was just so curious about the natural world. It just fascinated me. So um, when I went to college, I studied biology and loved learning about science. I just, I loved all my science classes. And, but then I realized that with the science degree, you're supposed to do research and yeah. not, uh, you don't just get to keep learning about the really cool things. You need to like focus in on one small thing and do that mm -hmm. forever. So mm -hmm. I, um, research wasn't for me. I actually tried teaching for a while. I did environmental education, um, which had a science component. I taught kids um, and went to a lot of beautiful places with that job. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but it was seasonal. And so I needed to um just settled down for a while and I actually met a science writer when I moved to Bellingham Washington and I was like science writing that sounds like exactly what I've wanted to do because I've always loved writing and I've always loved science and learning about new research and new science happening and so it was the perfect combination of those two so it's it's been really good so far mm, I guess then uh, your joy of teaching science to kids might have pushed you into the field of science journalism, right? Yeah, it was definitely a way to practice communicating science in a way that anyone can understand. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about uh, your experience, um, you know, um, of uh, doing master's in journalism program. What uh, what 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 difference uh, does a journalism degree uh, brings to the table uh, for you? Yeah, well, for me, it just sort of made sense because I am coming to science journalism very late, was 30 years old, I think, when I started, and I didn't have any stories published or anything like that. I had never published writing, even though I enjoyed writing, so... I really needed that boost and I didn't want to have to break in to the freelance world just on my own because I, it was just really overwhelming to me and I did apply to internships and I couldn't get in. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take this leap and do this master's program. And it's been so great. I've learned so much and I've really appreciated the guidance from the instructors and the resources that the program offers in career building, it's been really great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are there any specific books or resources uh, that um, that you use quite often that helps in sharpening your writing 
uh, communication or that simply increases your you know curios- curiosity about science or something like that uh, do you want to recommend something for our listeners um for one of my classes this semester we're reading a book called telling true stories um mm-hmm. i'll look it up to see who it's by telling true stories right yes telling true stories and it's by Mark Kramer and mm-hmm. Wendy Call and it's edited by them it's a bunch of um uh writers who have written little short essays about their their craft and how they write and it, there's a lot of different themes covered in the book and what i really like about the book is that it it gives you lists that you can kind of look through and be like is do i have this in my writing um mm-hmm. like for scene reconstruction for example they have a section about how to reconstruct a scene in your writing <clears throat> and they say it should have these five components and i feel, uh-huh. i find that like when i'm learning how to write that sort of listing of what i should be trying for um has been really helpful mm I think that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, do you happen to have any favorite science fiction book or non-fiction book or anything uh, about uh, science jo- science journal? Mm. <clears throat> well, I'd have to say that The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan is probably one of my favorite non-fiction mm-hmm. can you, science can you, books. Can you can you repeat the title? Title of the book? Yeah, it's called The Omnivore's Dilemma. Omnivore's Dilemma. Okay. Yeah, and I read it when I was just out of high school, I think, and <clears throat> it's all about the all about agriculture and the industrial food system here in America and how it's destroying the environment and using a lot of um fossil fuels to just feed animals which doesn't make a lot of sense we should be growing food to feed people but um mm-hmm. michael pollan does a really great job of going through different wi- different agricultural systems and explaining the science of food and agriculture and that's a a huge interest of mine also is just um mm-hmm. like I studying think me, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I think uh, I haven't been actually checking a lot about um, you know topics including climate change that deals with issues like this I think uh, uh, that should be something that I might be interested to check out um, for me personally I have been enjoying books from Richard Dawkins I guess you might mm. have heard his name mm-hmm. and uh, one of my favorite all time favorite is The Selfish Gene it's it's a classic one <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I don't um, think I've read it but I've definitely heard a lot about it. Uh-huh, sure. And uh I uh I'm actually willing to check uh, one of the book from Ed Young. Uh I think it's uh, something about I just I just I just forgot about the title of that name t- title of the book but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to check one of the book from Ed Young and uh yeah, yeah. definitely. yeah and uh so let's uh, dive deep on uh, the article 
that you end up publishing at the Discover. Uh, that was, uh, I guess, that was part of a David Perlman program as well. So uh, you uh, you actually dive deep in trying to reveal the research works that is going on about uh, about uh, I think picture uh, about uh, shorting pictures of this weird looking squid. You know, mm-hmm. this, uh, I think um, some research researchers are working on building some uh, different uh, some. I think uh, technologically advanced form of cameras that are capable of uh, shooting photographs at the deep sea. And uh, I just wanted to know like how you came up with this story idea and for the list, for the listeners who haven't actually checked your stories, what's the story about? And uh, you can describe anything interesting about the piece. Yeah. So the story is about, um, you, you were pretty spot on. It's about, this new sort of camera technology that they've developed that is very unobtrusive in the deep sea. So it goes down there, it doesn't make any sound, it doesn't have any bright lights, and it just kind of floats there. So um, it also has this special lure that was designed to attract more deep sea predators that maybe avoid um, strange things in the ocean normally so we don't get to see them very often. So um, it was about that technology and it showcased some of the footage that the technology captured, which was one of which was a video of a giant squid. And so, um, yeah, I actually got the idea from, I was looking for story ideas with my mentor. I, she was like, okay, you need to have a story idea by this date. And I was looking around and I ended up Googling marine science journals because I am really interested in writing about marine science. So I wanted to do something um, about the ocean. And I came across this deep sea research journal and I just looked at the most downloaded articles um, for that month. And this article that I ended up writing about was one of the most downloaded articles in the last month and so I was like oh this must be really interesting let me see what this is all about and so I I when I first read the the article I saw the video of the giant squid and I was just enamored by this really spooky looking video of this giant squid opening up all its tentacles and arms and trying to grab this camera and it's just dark and there's the deep sea snow that's kind of floating around and um, it was just really eerie and definitely caught my attention. So yeah, that was the story of how I decided to write that piece. Fact, I think I have heard this somewhere that we know a lot better about the surface of Mars but we don't know a lot about our own ocean floor. Is it, uh, is it, is it correct? I, I just wanted to confirm. Yeah, as far as I know, I've definitely heard that as well, um, that the deep sea is one of the most mysterious places on Earth and, and to humans in general. Mm-hmm. And I think I have uh, seen this uh, documentary from David Attenborough. I think it's about... Uh, what was its title? Blue She or something like that. And they were diving deep in this special ship that is capable of going uh, beneath <laughs> the surface. And they were 
uh, actually picturing a lot of different things. And I kind of relate uh, your idea about this, uh, you know, extreme form of, of camera that could actually, um, you know, picture these weird and quirky animals and uh, it kind uh-huh. of makes sense. But it's, I think, I think it's um, totally uh, undisturbing for the animals and uh, it is actually quite great, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess, uh, and uh, you end up publishing at Discover. I guess uh, NASW were asking for students to uh, let them know, like if they wanted to uh, have their article published in some renowned outlets, right? Yeah, so they they gave us options to um, suggest if if they wanted to pitch it. Like, I think they were pitching things to outlets that agreed to publish student mm-hmm, stories. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't, I actually had asked them to pitch it to EOS, which is a geophysical online um, mm. publication, and they didn't accept it, which was really hard for me to hear because I had worked so hard on it with my mentor and like yeah. I was just um, <laughs> a little discouraged but my I emailed my mentor Julia Rosen she is amazing um, uh-huh. she, she said, I've actually heard a lot about Julia I think oh, yeah? she, she she writes for National Geographic right um I don't know if she's written for National Geographic but I know she's done the New York Times and the Atlantic I uh-huh. yeah I but yeah, she may have. I. She has yeah. a lot. She's a freelancer, so she has a lot of stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, I especially love this piece because you know I'm um, especially from this part. I'm I'm from a landlocked nation, <laughs> so mm-hmm. we don't have she's here. <laughs> and understanding uh, how these organisms uh, have this mysterious life going beneath um, these immense water <laughs> water life i think that's quite fascinating especially for me because you know we don't have that kind of option here so it's yeah. really great and uh let's move on to the next piece uh, and you uh, mentioned about uh, this uh, interesting article i think that is actually uh, about earthquake and uh, uh, I just missed uh, the title. I think that with that 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 was published on New Yorker, the really yes. big one or something like that, right? Yes, that was right. Uh, what are the special um, any 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 special uh, elements uh, from this writing that um, really had an impact on you about understanding about science writing, about the structuring or something like that? So any uh, takeaways from this article that uh, other listeners uh, might be interested to check out? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I read this story when it first was published in 2015, and I was living on Bainbridge Island, which is in the zone that the author talks about that would be completely gone in this really big earthquake. So I um, remember reading it and being really afraid that this could happen. And I think um, the article maybe did go a little bit too much into the fear side of things, but I also feel like the amount of emotion that it conveyed um, was really what made it such a good uh, 
piece of science writing because it it painted this picture of this awful disaster, right? But it was not just saying that, oh, this is what's going to happen. And if it's this bad, mm. then we will all be dead. You know, she actually went into the science, taught us how the tectonic plates worked and then described this whole scenario in very vivid detail that just um, created so much emotion. And I think that Mm -hmm. emotion is what tied me to the piece and what hopefully, I actually in preparing for this looked up um, if since that article has been written, if there's been a more of a push in the Pacific Northwest to make things more earthquake safe and um, uh-huh. it sounds like that they're they're doing some things here but um not really fast enough in some people's uh-huh. opinions uh yeah especially uh, when any article like this has real world implications and uh, sometimes the way we try to teach people about these findings these research findings and the way we communicate uh, when it has a real world implication, it's delightful, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think we all strive to have that kind of impact in the real world. And uh, yeah, makes sense. Okay, and uh, we are nearly at the end of the show. So uh, I just wanted to ask uh, Rena about um, how um, people can reach out to you for possible connections or possible collaborations or anything like that. Yeah, so I um, have a website. It's just my full name, renakingery.com. And mm-hmm. um, you can contact me through that. Or I have Twitter at Rena Kingery. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that should work pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was how Definitely. you found me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And uh, I, uh, any final thoughts uh, about the podcast? Yeah, I think this is a really great idea. And I think it's really um, impressive that you have just gone out and created a resource that you saw was missing. And I'm really excited um, to to hear what you come up with in this. And um, yeah, I think science writing is really important right now. And um, yeah, be... I think uh, we kind of realize its importance from the pandemic as well, you know, yeah. uh, how, 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 how it has a role in uh, shaping the thoughts and consciousness of the society about, um, you know, what is trustful, what is distrustful and what is fact based. And uh, there is a whole mm-hmm. lot going on, especially about the uh, vaccination issues as well mm-hmm. you know especially in especially in developed nations as well you know people are going for lots of different things uh, they are uh, making propagandas they are making lots of comments about these things i think we need uh, a collective effort to shape uh, understanding about uh, science and how it works for the common people and uh, yeah hopefully it will work and hopefully it will go on for a while yeah <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> Okay, thank you so much, Rena, uh, for okay, coming to the so show that. and for dedicating time for this. I personally love to chat with you know fellow science writers to learn about their strategies, the way of thinking, 
and I hope our listeners also enjoyed this conversation. And thank you all for sticking with us till the end of the show. I'll be linking all the resources that we discussed in the podcast in the description section uh, of the podcast. And uh, make sure to follow Reina Kenjuri on Twitter and also check out her website. And so read more science stories and keep listening uh, to the excellent science writing podcast. See ya. Bye-bye and namaste. <laughs>